ComC is your home to buy, sell, and flip all kinds of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 31 million cards, from baseball's biggest stars like Shohei Otani, Aaron Judge, and Mookie Betts, to Marvel favorites like Spider-Man, Thor, and Captain America. ComC has something for every type of collector. Come visit ComC.com today to build your collection with your favorite cards. You're listening to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute, a podcast where we discuss both the hobby and business sides of collecting. I'm your host, Mike Summer, and I want to help you buy, sell, and trade your way into a collection you'll love. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Wax Pack Hero Sports Card Minute. I came to the realization over these last couple weeks that my card closet, the one that holds my PC, has become a bit unruly. And I needed to do something about that. I need to get a little more organized. Because what's the point in having your own personal collection if you can't enjoy it? And if you can't find what you're looking for in your own collection, it's pretty hard to enjoy it. So one of the things that I did first to get things back in order, to start at least start the process of getting things back in order, was I decided that I wanted to go ahead and put into binders a couple of the vintage sets that I had completed over the last couple years. And, you know, a couple years ago I finished the 1968 set, then I went back and finished the 1967 set. It's been over a year or so ago now, but they've just been sitting in a two-row box. And I decided I needed to get these in binders which is where I like to store my vintage sets so I can look at them. And I started going through them and I started getting them into pages and I was having a great old time until I got part way through and I realized I was missing some cards. What in the world? So there, after getting all of these done, I realized I was probably missing five or six cards from the 67 set and five or six cards from the 68 set and I couldn't find them anywhere in the box. And so I don't know what happened. I, there's a couple different things that I think probably happened. You know, I went and I built my checklist. I marked things off the checklist from the starter sets that I had when I began the process for each of those sets. And I either mismarked what I had and what I didn't have, or I think what is probably the more likely situation is that as I placed all of these orders on sport lots and I got them back from ComC or I picked some up in a shop as I was going through some of the boxes in the shop and I would mark things off. I think what probably happened is that I mismarked at that time or I didn't actually get all of the cards in a sport lots order and I didn't pay close enough attention so I just threw them into the the box with the 68s or I threw them into the box with the 67s and it didn't actually have a few of those cards and ultimately, at the end of the day, regardless of whatever the reason that caused it, I was missing a few cards. So I went out to ComC and I picked those up. None of them were big cards. I think 8 or $10 was the most expensive card on there. A lot of them were, you know, 35 45 55 cents, something like that. So for, you know, 15 bucks or something for each of them, I was able to get the last, you know, six or whatever cards for each set. And now... They're sitting in Com C. I haven't got them shipped to me yet, but I finally have, have got everything in the binders. I've placed the orders for the ma- remaining missing cards, and I've got at least 
a two row that's cleaned up and all nice and clean into its binder pages. I can't wait till I get those cards in and I can do some videos kind of showing that full set in its binder. I'm really looking forward to being able to do that because that was probably the most disappointing thing from the experiences. I was looking forward to that final touch of being able to record a video, flipping through the vine binder, but then I wasn't able to do that because I was still missing a few cards. So that was part of my hobby this week, getting some things cleaned up, going through that process of getting that vintage set or those two vintage sets put into binders and then coming to the realization that I was short a couple cards. Luckily, Comsi's there to, to clean me up and be able to pick up those ones that I needed so it won't be too much longer before I'll be able to show those completed binders. That is my what's on Mike's mind, what did Mike do in the hobby last week? Well, our main topic today is an interview, and I'm bringing on Lou Janu from Card Talk. He is the third member of the, the third co-host, I guess you'd say, of the Card Talk podcast. I've had his two co-hosts on already, Tyler and Ryan. I've had them on in the past, and now it's time for Lou to come on and have a conversation we talked for about 40 minutes, and so what I think I'm going to do is split that conversation up into the next two weeks. And so we've got an interview with Lou coming up here for the next two weeks. We're going to run part one right after you hear from the sports card shop. Hi, this is Pat Hughes, Cubs announcer, coming to you from the sports card shop in beautiful New Buffalo, Michigan. The Gocher family has built an incredible place here for collectors to buy, sell, and trade cards and memorabilia. Be sure to stop by and let them show you around. TheSportsCardShop.com, connecting sports, athletes, the hobby, and collectors around the world. Hi, this is Tony Rice, and I'm here to tell you the Gocher family has done it again. They just opened a sport card shop in downtown Valparaiso, Indiana, and it is awesome. If you're a collector, you need to check this place out. Tell them Tony sent you, and they get a free gift on your first visit. Well, Lou Janu is one of the hosts of the Card Talk podcast. He hails from New Jersey, and he's an avid fan of the New York Jets, the Houston Astros, and whichever college football team seems like they might have a shot at the national title. <laughs> Lou, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that introduction. Um, I, that's fair. I'm just going to ride. I'm, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that you get some grief about on your show, and so I thought I'd just add to the grief a little bit it's fair. as we uh, kick things off here today. I think it's valid, though. Like I think my rooting interest makes sense in my brain, but to no one else it makes sense, and they seem like two blue blood programs, so I get that. It's, it's, it's good stuff. And so yeah. I, I appreciate you uh, joining me. I've had your two fellow co-hosts on the show. I've had um, had them on on prior episodes. I wanted to complete the card talk trifecta and bring you on today to, to get a little bit about your background in the hobby, um, learn a little bit more about who Lou Janu is. So thank you for, for joining me today. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. And um, no one knows this but us, but I messed up yesterday and wasn't available. So um, happy you have happy you're making time for me this evening. Oh, you know, it was it was equal. I think we, we both played a role in, uh, in our scheduling conflict on the first time we tried to get together. So um, I'm glad we're, we're getting a chance to do that today. Let's Absolutely. start with a little bit about your your hobby background, your collecting background. Um, if I understand correctly, you first you know, were exposed to cards when you were a kid. And mm -hmm. let's hear a little bit about 
kind of what your journey has been like in the hobby. Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say my, my initial initial entry into the cards is probably Pokemon like Oh one Oh two, but I would say I wasn't thinking about card collecting as like a hobby until, uh, LeBron's rookie year, which is Oh three. Um, obviously. So when I, back then I used to go to card shows with my dad, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, my boss, um, his brother, AJ, and another one of his close friends. We used to all go to card shows together. Um, we would go buy boxes. I opened untold packs of uh, Bowman Chrome 2003 basketball. So that was my first initial entry. Um, I spent a lot of time on eBay. I did. I was, I, th- I think I've told this before. I was the, the bad kid who had access to my dad's eBay account and was buying signed LeBron James and signed Carmelo Anthony pictures to, uh, to hang up in my room without his knowledge. Definitely got in a good amount of trouble for that back in the day. So when I do hear those stories, I know it's like the common, you know, my kid bought it for me, but I actually lived that experience. So I tend to uh, have a little bit of a, you know, I feel bad for people like that. So that was my initial. Um, and then, I want to say 2017 ish. I got back in uh, with Gary once I, you know, once I had been a full time employee at Vayner and spending a lot more time with Gary, we got back into it and uh, kind of been rocking and rolling ever since then. So I guess that's almost seven years now, six years now. What what was it about that time in 2017 that kind of prompted you to get interested again? What you know, mm-hmm. was it that nostalgia aspect? Was it just some other friends were, you know, were getting involved and it, it piqued your interest or had you, you know, started to find cards through some other avenue or platform at at that period of time? What was it in that period that brought you back? Yeah. So for me, it was, it started with Gary. I was working pretty closely with Gary on a day-to-day standpoint uh, from a day-to-day, you know, timing at that point. And uh, he had gone to the Cleveland national. I want to say, I think it was summer 2017 and he came back. Oh, he was texting us while he was there and was like, this is happening. We have to get back involved. Like, don't you remember like buying the LeBrons and all like that was pretty much the entire conversation. Um, And so from there I was helping him doing some buying and learning together and, um, to be honest, and I, I've said this before too, is like in the beginning, it was like just another thing I was doing at work. I was like helping Gary with this thing. Um, and then as time went on, I was kind of like, oh, wait, I kind of really like this. Like, I like the the basketball cards, especially in the beginning, because that was what I that's what I knew. And then I was thinking Pokemon and, it, you know, it snowballs from there. So was it basketball that you were buying first? Kind of that first step? When I had first in? come back in. Yeah, because that was that was uh that was where Gary was spending a lot of his time. And so that's what I was exposed to. So I, I knew about the tops and the prisms at that point. So that was where I felt like I had the most knowledge. Baseball was still such a foreign concept at that point. By now I would say I'm way more into baseball than I am basketball. I would say I don't care about basketball cards pretty much at all at this point. Um, but basketball seemed easy enough, especially the type of stuff that Gary was interested in and that I was looking at as well was more of the vintage. It was like tops. It was just a matter of which year it was. Um, it seems silly to talk about now, but at, at that time, I'm like, all right, so they have Prism, they have this thing called Optic, they have Select, they have National Treasures. They it, it was just too many things in the modern in the modern world at that point. So I was I stuck to what I knew. Looking back at when you were a kid and in 2003, opening up a bunch of Chrome, looking for LeBron. The question that I always get when people are talking to me about collecting as a kid was 
do you still have all those, you know, or, or did you get rid of them? And, and so, you know, when you think about the number of LeBron rookies that you were probably going through at that period of time, did you get to hang on to many of those or, or did those find their way into other people's collections? I think they found their way into other people's collections. If I'm being honest with you, I, I wasn't the keeper of those cards. They were with my dad. And then over the years, you know, he moves, I move, Boxes get lost. We decide to sell stuff randomly over the years. I could, I cannot, I found all my Pokemon cards. I found old baseball cards. I have this crazy, I actually should probably find it. It's like a baseball card, obviously. It's like a Mickey Mantle. I want to say it's a used bat card of Mickey Mantle or something that I have somewhere. I found all that stuff, but my basketball cards are MIA. It's, it was always, I had a million LeBrons, I had a million Carmelo Anthony's and I had a million TJ Ford cards. If you remember TJ Ford, yeah. those are my three, my three big guys that I collected back then. So you were, you got back into it, you know, mm-hmm. you were, you were collecting more and more, you're picking it back up. Yeah. What led to the start of the show of you, of card talk? COVID COVID we were home, um, 2019 national Tyler and I were walking around, um, Tyler and I were walking around the end of the show and we were like, man, there just seems like there's no pod that isn't heavily data focused was like, that was the trigger in our mind. Everything at that time, if you remember a lot of the cards content was very database. It was all like, this is how much this card sold for six months ago. This is how much it sold for today. That was pretty much all of it. We kind of felt, okay, we're never going to be the data guys. Like I'm not, I'm not the numbers guy, but I do think I have a good feel for here's what's happening in sports. Here's my take on this. Um, so we kind of went for a more conversational route and then we were thinking, all right, who are the more entertaining people in cards? And the number one person that came to mind was Ryan. Um, he was one of the first people that I talked to when I had first gotten back into cards as well. So we'd already had a relationship. We start talking more and more, and then all of a sudden we're doing test shows and away we went. Yeah. What I like about your show is it, it blends kind of the idea of fandom, right? There of you know, you are all three passionate about your sports, your the things that you're a fan of, the teams that you're a fan of. Yeah. It also adds, you know, Ryan has boots on the ground knowledge of running a card shop, all the different releases, the interaction between the different manufacturers, some of the big industry shows, you know, so he's able to provide some of that boots on the ground knowledge. Um, and you and Tyler don't take this the wrong way, but especially as you were getting started, this is you right. guys were able to provide that perspective of a new or a returning collector 100%. who is interested but doesn't have the yes. multiple decades of of experience directly dealing in cards, right? Yeah, we're and the I, layman. I think that co- that combination has worked well for you guys and and makes it entertaining. There's been times where I've found myself yelling at the screen. And, and sometimes maybe responding in a, in a tweet to the, to you guys or the show of, Hey, what are you guys talking about? That mm-hmm. is not the, the only way to look at this, this topic or this idea, but I've, but I've, it's made it entertaining and it's made it engaging. Definitely. And I mean, like responding online, that's just conversation. Everyone's having a good time. Of course, always. Um, I 100% agree. I would never consider myself to be an expert in the hobby. I would never consider myself to be someone who knows more than someone who's been around for this hobby is built of people who have been around for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Right. So I would never even lie to myself and think that I know more than them. I would say some, and I'll speak for myself. The hobby also is very hive minded and has very similar opinions on things. And I think 
where I come from, at least as I think about things a little bit differently. Um, I don't necessarily have, I'm not talking to everyone in the hobby the, the way everyone else is on a day-to-day basis. Like Ryan is in, like you're saying, in the weeds, boots on the ground, talking to people in the industry. And you can kind of, there's some trends that come out of those conversations where you're talking to similar people over and over again. And in a world where I'm not spending as much time with those people, I think I have a different opinion. And of course, I'm also, I'm like the most, I don't know what the right word is. Um, I guess you can use the word arrogant about my opinions from time to time. Uh, And I've tried to get better about that for sure. I've tried to be better about listening to different perspectives and seeing it a different way. But I do think, like you're saying, that I I think that's a big, you know, part of our show is that the three of us really have different perspectives. We, we tend to get to the same places. We get, we tend to get to the same finishing line, but I think we come at it from three different angles almost every time. Yeah. I love that. I love that aspect of the hobby is that there's so many different ways to collect. There's so many different angles that people can take when they approach collecting. That's one of the things that I've really appreciated too, about, about my own approach is different than other people. You know, my focus on flipping and selling low end cards and making money on low end cards to be able to cover the cost of everything I want to add. Um, so many people overlook that stuff as worthless junk, and yet it's it's made me thousands and thousands of dollars over the, mm-hmm. the last few years and build build my collection for free. Yet other people only want to have a very narrow focus collection. They only want to um, purchase. They don't want to think about selling or the business side of of the hobby. And and there's so many different ways to to approach it. I appreciate Absolutely. hearing those different perspectives, and um, and that comes from interests backgrounds experience levels all of that you know comes comes into play so i i really appreciate that most definitely one of the other things that you take some abuse or maybe maybe it's just my perspective you take some abuse (laughs) on on the show is that you're the you're the resident baseball fan yes on, on the show um everybody else might give you a little bit of grief for that what is it about baseball that that attracts you you know that's one of those things that from our generation, you know, it seems like it's, it, we're aging out. There's, there's, you know, the, the newer generation seem to not be as interested in baseball. What is it that interests you about baseball? I mean, that's hard to, I don't know. Like it, it's always been my first love. I've always loved baseball. I mean, it was the first, well, that's not true. It was the second sport I played. Um, it's the sport I played the longest. I was never any good. So I'm not going to say that I was any good. I didn't play in high school or anything like that, but like, I've watched it the longest. And frankly, I got lucky that the team that I really love and care about has been on a historic run of greatness, right? So they're playing meaningful games. I'm paying more attention. That's just a natural use. At least for me, I give more of myself to something when there's something to care about. Like the Jets are horrible. So it's really not, I can only give it so much mental energy. And for the next couple of weeks, I will, but soon enough, they'll be finished and I'll be out and I'll be focused on the Astros. Um, so yeah, I got lucky that my team is really, really good. Um, and it also helps that my team is like the villains of baseball. That also gets me excited. So yeah. How did you become a Houston Astros fan? Um, so my best friend, shout out Matt Kaplan. That's my guy. We were best friends growing up. Um, I was a Yankees fan as a young child. My dad was a Yankees fan. I was brought up in New York area. You're brought up to be a Yankees fan. Um, I slowly lost interest in baseball in like my early teens. Uh, yeah, like my early teens. And then I was in high school, me and Matt are hanging out. 
I have no rooting interest in baseball, but I played hardcore fantasy baseball. So I knew a lot about prospects. I knew the Astros. This was right around the time they took uh, Springer, Correa, mm. uh, Mark Appel was around this time as well. Yep. So they have all these highly touted prospects. And I'm talking to Matt, and he's like, just be an Astros fan with me. It's fun. It's no big deal. Like, they're terrible. You have nothing to worry about. So I'm like, great. I can just care about the prospects. And one day, if they're good, it'll give me something to be excited about. And then – you know, five years later, they're competing for World Series. So, how about the Jets? Have you been a lifelong Jets fan too? Yeah, or did the that Jets have is really another influence from from Gary. No, the Jets is really well. It does, but I've been a Jets fan since I was nine. I was like, I was a Packers fan when I was a little kid, but only because it was like Brett Favre. I liked Brett Favre, and that was the reason I liked the Packers. As soon as I had a rooting interest in a team, it was always the Jets. Um, I, used, my dad and Gary, spent a lot of time together back in the day. So I used to hang out with them. We used to go to games. We used to watch games together, all that stuff. Um, they're getting ready to go to a road trip somewhere. They were going to some road Jets game. I think this is the story. And I wasn't allowed to go because I wasn't an official Jets fan. Gary wouldn't let me go. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I guess if I have to be a Jets fan, I'll be a Jets fan. And that's how it started. And now it's the worst thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I can relate a lot because I'm a Bears fan. And so can I pause for one second? I shouldn't just put that on Gary. That was definitely my dad, number one, Gary, and that whole crew together. But Gary is a big part of that story. But yes, you know, I'm a I'm a Bears fan, right? So outside of when I was young and we won Super Bowl 20, you know, beat the Patriots soundly in Super Bowl mm -hmm. 20 and then went to the Super Bowl again, you know, it's been, I guess, 15, 20 years ago now, you know, when we went and played the Colts and and lost in that one, you know, it's it's been a, a miserable experience being a, a Bears fan for, for most of that period of time and also a Cubs fan. And outside of 2016, I had 100 years of of anguish Misery. being being a Cubs fan. So I, I know what it's like to, to be a fan of a team that seems to be struggling and get our hopes up and then let us down. So Mm -hmm. What do you think about Fields? Yeah, Fields is is one of those that I was optimistic when they drafted him because mm -hmm. I was a, a pretty big fantasy, college fantasy sports player too, right? And I used okay. him a lot in, in college fantasy sports. And so I knew he had potential. Um, but yeah, right now, I don't know. I, I, I'm, again, I don't profess to be a, an NFL scouting expert, right? And so you know, there was flashes. We've seen flashes of brilliance from him. Um, even last year, we lost a ton of games, but he looked good using his legs. Um, there's always the questions of his arm. You know, this year he's not running. And is that his doing or is that the team's coaching decisions and the plays that are being called? I don't know. I, I'm not confident that he's the answer, but I also am not confident that it's all his fault that that we're not having the the success that we were hoping for yeah it, i think it's funny and I'm, i don't mean to derail the whole conversation but that 2021 draft class was one that was so hyped up especially in the hobby and um it seems like and you can even argue that maybe trevor's not everything that we thought he would be the quarterbacks in that draft are pretty bad yeah it's kind of crazy. It's just funny. Like these teams find themselves in situations and then it trickles down to the hobby where it's like, Oh, Zach Wilson was the number two pick. So then he should be valued at X, Y, or Z. And that's not really how it works in the real world. Yeah. And I just don't know how much of it, like I said, is the, 
is the organization versus, you know, versus Fields himself. You know, there, yeah. there's part of me that says, um, I'm not sure if we would have drafted Mahomes instead of Trubisky, that Mahomes would have looked terrible too, you know, of just course. because he was in Chicago and as a member of, of my Bears. Um, so I, I don't even, I, I don't know for sure about yeah. where, where things are going to go. One of the things that, you know, we, I touched on when I was asking about baseball is, is the, the demographics of baseball collectors. And one of the things I talked about recently on my podcast is that I had a, a grandfather and a grandson come into, into the shop. And the grandfather is a big baseball fan, loved Pete Rose and that era of, of players, his grandson, 100% focused on collecting soccer cards. Does not is not interested in in baseball at this point anymore. Any of those types of things. It's it's all about collecting soccer cards, and it seems like we've had a little bit of a shift of of the younger demographic being interested maybe in soccer, interested in Pokemon, and some of the other um, you know gaming gaming cards and that type of thing. I was curious what your perspective has been and the conversations that you've had and and what you're seeing. Have you noticed a, a shift in in generational collecting, you know, as far as, is any, anything that you've been able to, to take from that? Yeah. And I haven't really fully formed my thought. Um, but of course there's been a downturn in baseball for younger fans. I think that's a result of decades of them ignoring how slow their game was decades of them, uh, you know, not allowing, not decades, years of them not letting clips on social media live where all these kids spend all of their time Every single kid in the world goes on YouTube, but they go on YouTube shorts now and they watch sports highlights all the time. And in a world where a league is not going to allow their stuff to be online, you're going to lose a, a generation of fans, right? Um, so to me, that part's not as surprising. From a collecting standpoint, I think kids are going to go where the attention is, like especially younger kids are going to go where the attention is. And soccer has seen an immense increase in awareness in the last couple of years. That's partly you know capped off with Messi coming to America and that did way more that did so much more than I thought it was going to do from just like a mass awareness standpoint that um to me it kind of validated the last year and a half of soccer two years of soccer stuff that seemed way more speculative speculative than it turned out to be at least in my opinion mm -hmm. um so yeah I think it's just I think it's just years and years of baseball ignoring the younger generation and years and years and years of soccer grabbing the attention instead. Yeah. I'm interested to see how it's going to play out. You know, there's from a collecting perspective, there's still, I think by far a greater number of baseball collectors, you know, but I'm interested 100%. to see how in the coming years, as we start to see this new generation of collectors come in, if we start to see that shift and, it might take years and years and years, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, you know, forever it's been football cards don't carry the same weight as baseball cards. Basketball cards don't carry the same weight as basketball cards. We started to see that shift a little bit over these last last few years. Yeah, um, where they're not all the way on par yet, but they're shifting. And I'm I'm wondering if we're going to see that same thing come come to fruition with, um, you know, with soccer, but. Something that's interesting about that, though, is I I still think baseball is very, very popular from a regional standpoint. At least here, I mm -hmm. feel baseball is extremely popular still, right? But that just hasn't translated into cards. So I don't, I just don't know how to rectify those two things to where I still feel baseball is the 
this the third most watched sport in the United States. Mm-hmm. Soccer doesn't feel close to that. Right. But the cards are way higher. So I don't really know how to put those two things together, you know? There is part one of the conversation. I had fun hearing about Lou's origin story, what got him collecting in the first place, what brought him back to the hobby, and what led to the start of their show, Card Talk. Come on back next week for part two where we will continue the conversation. Let me know what you think about today's show by reaching out to me on Twitter at TheMikeSummer. Send me an email at WaxPackHero at gmail.com. Find me on TikTok, Instagram, or threads at WaxPackHero. And let me know what you think. Let me know if you've got any other questions for Lou. We can get him involved and maybe he'll answer those too. That is all I have for you today. So I'll catch you next time.